1: Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now new customers, when you sign up using promo code DNVR, you can place a $5 bet and when it wins, boom, $200 in bonus bets instantly with code DNVR and with DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and joining me today is my press box brother from Fansided, call to the pen, Kevin Henry. What's going on today, Kev?
0: Patrick, always good to see you, brother.
1: What uh what a great day to be coming to work. Last night, so much fun. World baseball classic final. We'll talk about that. We've got some Rockies news to discuss. Some for some reason they scheduled the World Baseball Classic final on the same day as Rockies, Padres, and Peoria, Arizona. How could they do that?
0: I'm not sure they checked with the schedule makers. That's just all there is to it.
1: No. Uh, luckily the game I think was far enough. You know, Rockies lost 14 to 2 to the Padres. Luckily there was enough distance they can go, all right, I guess I'll turn off the Rockies game on, on the fictional channel that it was on. Oh, yes, you know,
0: absolutely. Unless you're just
1: listening to it in a dark room on KOA. <laughs> like, all right, now I will go over to the World Baseball Classic. We're also, uh, we'll dip into our player previews. We had a good time doing that last year. Had a good, had a couple of predictions, right? Yeah. Didn't you say Ryan McMahon was going to hit his first career triple? I did. Re- that's, Nailed that's,
0: it. You know, that's the mic drop moment for me <laughs> for last year right there. That's a
1: big one. <laughs> That was a big one. They were talking about in the clubhouse, you know, pretty much all season long, because you you nailed that.
0: I mean, there was a lot of pressure on Mac. You could feel it. There was. You could.
1: There was. Once you say it, it's gonna (laughs) happen. So stick around for what's gonna happen for Ezekiel Tovar, as well as uh, the entirety of the bullpen. Yeah, it's hard to kind of pick one guy out. Bard's obviously the dude as the closer, but uh, Rockies have a sneaky good bullpen this year, better than better than in, in, in recent years when it was still sneaky good.
0: Every year it feels like there's one facet of the team that you go, okay, that's their selling point. Yeah, And it feels like this year it's the bullpen, which I don't know <laughs> what world we're living in, but that's it. But it feels like that.
1: The selling point of the 2023 <laughs> Rockies, you know, come for the bullpen, exactly. stay for the bullpen, uh, pretty much, because they, they finish up the games anyway. Uh, but that World Baseball Classic final last night, USA-Japan, I mean, as soon as Mike Trout and Otani said that they were going to play, you go, oh, man, wouldn't that be like a real cool little matchup here? And not only did we get it, we got it in the ninth inning. We got it in a one-run game, game on the line, two outs, full count. Wow.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and you could tell every time that they showed Otani jogging out to the bullpen and then coming back in, you could tell the Fox folks were just like, this is setting up. It could happen. And sure enough, when the USA had that little bit of run in the eighth that turned the turned the lineup over, yep, here it came.
1: That that just made it all the all the better. Like again, that's another detail with him going out to the bullpen. And, oh oh crap, my spot in the order is going to come yeah. up, and then he jogs back in. Like you you just can't make that up. No one would believe it. No, no absolutely. one would believe that.
0: Absolutely not. You know, and so many people talked about you, Darvish could have some issues against that USA lineup. Mm-hmm. Schwarber, that was an incredible at bat, and I think that gets lost in the whole Otani Trout thing. True is that 10-pitch at-bat that uh, Schwarber had for the homer. But, yeah, such drama in the ninth.
1: Upper Decker for Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner homered. uh, His fourth time in three games. Uh, That was five home runs on the entire tournament. I think that's most uh, ever for Team USA in the World Baseball Classic. So at one point it was basically Japan 3, Philadelphia Phillies 2.
0: That's exactly right. That's how it goes. If you're a Phillies fan, you're feeling pretty good about how the World Baseball Classic went, honestly.
1: Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Cardinals fans got to feel pretty good too. Their guys were, were solid. Uh, Adam Wainwright, you know, got into a little bit of trouble there uh, in the semifinal. Um, you know, was able to kind of figure it out. Uh, you know, Lars Núñez, uh, he actually oh, won the damn thing. Yeah. So I mean, somebody was going to win win it for uh, for that organization.
0: Is it possible his stock went up the most of anybody's during the World Baseball Classic? Honestly. I think Tyler O'Neill had a great, you know, again, another Cardinal.
1: Kind of forgotten about. Yeah, yeah that's right. But yeah.
0: because Canada didn't advance, you kind of forget about what Tyler O'Neill did.
1: Bad at six hundred, maybe I yeah. want to say?
0: Yeah, and I mean came through in some real clutch moments too. So if you're a Cardinals fan today, you saw Nolan came through with some clutch, you know, during the tournament. Yes, he needed yeah, to do that. He did. And but you saw that Newt Barr and O'Neill kind of showed that maybe that outfield's not going to be as weak. Or as much of a question mark as people thought it was going to be heading into the season.
1: Very true. But then are you also a little upset seeing Randy Rosarena kind of have his moment and go, oh, <laughs> he was one of ours, and we just kind of got rid of him there and don't really like that deal. Uh, Merrill Kelly was okay to start the game, but you know couldn't yeah. get through two innings. And then we had Kyle Freeland coming in, doing what he did uh, in the opener. So uh, yeah. actually pitching the first game, pitching the final game for Team USA first uh, member of the Rockies to to pitch in a uh, World Baseball Classic Final for Team USA. I think Jake McGee was the only guy back in, in 2017 uh, on that roster. Pat Neshek did pitch in that game in 2017, but uh, he wasn't yet a Rocky at exactly. that point. That's the one caveat. But Freeland looked great, gets Shohei Otani to strike out, yes. and it felt like Rockies Twitter. That was, that was a great moment, and it might be the moment for a while. Like, when— at the end of April, we're going to have to look and remember this moment here on, on on March 22nd. What is the best Rockies moment of the season? That one's going to be kind of hard to beat. I can understand it's going to get forgotten about because it's not truly in the Rockies season. But that's a great moment to start out on.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I, and I loved what our friend Manny Randala said on Twitter. He said that Kyle Freeland never gets shaken in those moments. You know, he may not dazzle you outside of yeah. the Otani strikeout, of course. But he's always going to – the moment's never going to be too big for him. So, you know, whenever they said Merrill Kelly was going to get the start, i got to admit I was a little bummed because I thought Freeland could be that guy. Again, with the slow heartbeat that Bud Black always talks about and everything else. But absolutely, came through. Uh, I think it was one hit, one run, three innings, right? Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, he looked really solid. Uh, walked two, struck out two. They were they're actually talking about – you know, his 2018 season, how good he was Mm -hmm. and going into Wrigley field in that national league wildcard game and seven innings, just, just holding the Cubs down. And then he, you know, after the, after he walked a batter, uh, boom, double play to, to Arenado. And you go, Oh, okay. That's, that's the way it should be.
0: Absolutely. And, and, you know that 20 uh the 2018 wild card game could be the Rockies calling card you talked about the freeland uh, otani strikeout that could be their calling card for some time too unfortunately yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah that that's a high water mark in the last yeah. 5 years and half a decade for sure half a decade ago uh that was yeah that was great he uh freeland got uh, otani twice too cuz then he came up in his third inning uh was able to get an out uh which probably would have been a base hit uh it will be a base hit during the season because yes. there's a little shift going on over there. Uh, I think McNeil was in the game at that point. Uh, and then got um, Masataka Yoshida twice, uh, who's batting cleanup. Guy who had 13 RBI coming into this yeah. game, most in all the World Baseball Classics. So Freeland, again, you know, solid job. Obviously gave up that uh, uh, gave up that, that one run. It was a home run, right? Yeah. Um, and so you say, ah, that was run number three. That was the difference. But again, you know, USA just you need more than two runs.
0: Yeah, and and I think that says a lot about the Japanese pitching as well as their strategy, too, uh, coming into that. Because, again, they talked about sure. could Darvish be the starter and the guy, uh, obviously, they, they shifted that up a little bit. But whatever strategy they used, the Japanese pitchers had, had USA's number last night, no doubt.
1: The numbers all around for the WBC are just kind of off the charts. People watching and paying attention saw a good tweet about you know, from Fox Sports, it was, hey, congratulations to the Houston Astros for winning the 2022 World Series. Yeah, I got like 8,000, you know, uh, likes. And you go, okay, I mean, maybe you should get more than that. Got a lot of quote tweets or whatever. And then you got congratulations to Team Japan for winning the 2023 World Baseball Classic. And it's like 200,000 yeah. likes. And you go, yeah, no, there. this thing is important. This is this is very much an important tournament. Uh, it's, again, might not be on that same level as the World Cup for us, at least here in America, but it very much is for the rest of the world. And I think we kind of forget that, that there are other countries in the world that have Twitter, that have social media, that have, you know, watch these games.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Um, so it was just, just such a huge success, the attendance numbers through the roof. And, you know, it, it, it's, I'm glad we're only have to wait three years now because oh the gosh. four year cycle, I can remember is the, the, the first cycle where it was 2006, 2009 and then we're going to have to wait four years. That fourth year took forever, it felt like. And I feel like it's almost too much time where yeah. you kind of forget. But three years, three years might even be that sweet spot to do it where it wasn't that long ago that you've forgotten about it, but it, it wasn't that recent. So uh, 2026, it's going down. And, and
0: think back exciting. to last night. You know, you mentioned the World Cup, everything else. You know, there's a statistic out there, and I'm trying to make sure I can find it from a verified source. Yeah. Ninety-seven percent of the Japanese televisions last night were tuned in for that ninth inning showdown. Wow! I mean, ninety-seven percent. Can you imagine anything like that that would actually draw our attention sports-wise here?
1: I mean, this, the Super Bowl. How many people are watching the Super Bowl yeah. at any? Do ninety percent of ninety-seven percent of Americans watch the Super Bowl for
0: for the commercials for maybe. for like fifteen yeah. minutes? <laughs> yeah.
1: at, you know, at any point it doesn't have to be at the same time. Right. I, I probably not.
0: Yeah. I just think that that says so much about the WBC. yeah, and I'm really curious three years from now, what will it look like? You know, will you have sure, you know, it was a tremendous lineup. Pitching could have been improved. Let's yeah. be honest. Will those star pitchers decide after the USA fell short this year? Okay, yeah, I'll pitch next time because we didn't really see outside of the Edwin Diaz and that was post game, right but we didn't see any injuries pitching wise at That's least true. yeah.
1: It's true. Yeah. 2030. Uh, I'm thinking about that one because that's the next one that is, uh, you know, involves the the next CBA. Yeah. So does the tournament just look different altogether? Is it that two week break during what would normally be the all star break? Do you shift that? Do you maybe have something, you know, postseason and, and like November, you know, guys like their downtime, guys yeah. like their offseason. season. But if it is the first two weeks of November, or or maybe the second and third week, you know, you you don't want to pull away from the World Series, or I don't I don't think people are going to be you know anticipating the World Baseball Classic that they're not paying attention to uh, the World Series. But guys will, you know, get get a break for a month, six weeks, whatever it is, or they can even be you know training, so they get a little bit of downtime, then do that um, in in November. Maybe something like that works, and maybe that's a way to to kind of. You know, hampered down on the injuries, but anytime you're playing a sport, I mean,
0: absolutely, the injuries are going to happen. You know, and and we've always heard that they will never move out of that late October slot because of the World Series. They want to yeah. make sure they get their TV viewership. Well, the TV viewers that came in for World Baseball Classic, I think that could be enough for them to say, okay, maybe we could do the World Series a little bit later into November if we had that break in the middle of the season. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's true. I don't know. If you, I don't know if you want to the World Baseball Classic after the regular season, before the postseason starts. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of... It, it
1: could, could get a little bit weird uh, in, in that way, but if it, if it just stays the way that it is right now, it, it's still absolutely great. I'm glad you brought up Edmund Diaz. We did put that out on, on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies about Edmund Diaz's injury and, and if that you know changes how people feel about the World Baseball Classic. And uh, an overwhelming majority, 89% of folks said either... The WBC is worth it or eh, injuries happen. Yeah. That was it. You only had five percent saying end this or six percent saying find a better way. Which there's a better way, there's a better way. That's great. But also let's not forget injuries do happen. So people are on board with this, baseball fans
0: at least. Absolutely. And I think Rockies fans are probably that injuries happen thing, seeing what's happened <laughs> with Bouchard with Rogers, with so many others, you know, this spring. So I think that it, it was an unfortunate incident. Does it was it enough? in Altuve's broken thumb was that enough to overshadow the World Baseball Classic? I think last night said absolutely not.
1: I was uh, digging through some of uh, the World Baseball Classic history. I there is there is a history now. Like that's yeah. that's fun to kind of do and and looking at all the different ballparks and MLB that have hosted a stadium. I think I think we're up to like maybe six now. Miami has hosted uh, every year except the first. Dodger Stadium mm-hmm. uh, had, had two finals in, in 2009, 2017. But then in the international ballparks is is very interesting. How many ballparks do you think have had 20,000 or less, either internationally or nationally, that have hosted a game?
0: You mean fan-wise, attendance-wise, 20,000?
1: Um, the ballpark capacity of oh, 20,000 okay. or less. Of course, most of them are going to be, if not all, international, right? Right, right. I'll go two, not bad. All right, so we've got four internationally. Okay, Taiwan has got a ballpark for twenty thousand uh, okay. that hosted in twenty thirteen and twenty twenty three. San Juan, Puerto Rico, here on Bythorn Stadium, uh, hosted uh, twice as eighteen thousand plus. Uh, Seoul, Korea, in the last World Baseball Classic, sixteen thousand, hmm. and Zapopan, Mexico, last World Baseball Classic, sixteen thousand. But I had forgotten, or maybe maybe I didn't know, maybe I wasn't necessarily paying attention at that time. In 2013, Salt River Fields hosted a game. What? Yes. So that's only 11,000. Scottsdale, Salt River Fields hosted Italy versus Mexico. Only uh, they were under 5,000 in attendance. But I don't, I don't, I didn't know that. I don't yes. have that in my brain. Salt River Fields, smallest, not even international. It's the smallest period that have ever has ever hosted a World Baseball Classic that's game. Fascinating. That's kind of cool, right?
0: And how much does that say about the growth of Mexican baseball if there were under 5,000 there for that Salt River versus now? And is yeah. that the growth of Mexican baseball? Of course, our, our buddy Vinny Castillo part of that. Or is that just the growth in the World Baseball Classic and people acknowledging, yeah, this is a great event?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's a good question. Uh, there also was uh, – you had Scottsdale Stadium hosting a game and uh, Cracker Jack Stadium in Lake Buena Vista, Florida. So there's actually been three – here in the U.S. That, that's been at a minor league ballpark uh, size. So I, I don't think we'll have that happen again. No. Seeing as though, again, tickets were, were sold out through this whole thing.
0: Oh, I think you we jumped 40, the shark 50, on that. Yeah.
1: And if you move it to a different time, you move it to the summer, Coors Field be a great host site uh, for the World Baseball Classic. Now, before Jose De Leon struck out 10 during the combined perfect game last week, there was one other player that had struck out 10 guys in a World Baseball Classic game. And I'm only asking you because you know this guy.
0: I know this guy.
1: Yes. Hmm. If I know this guy. Now, you didn't cover him back when he did it, but you may have covered him when he tried to come back and sign a minor league deal with the Rockies and have a nice little reunion, and it, it didn't end up working out. Do tell. That would be Ubaldo Jimenez. Wow, Ubaldo. Yeah, U- Ubaldo had the record before Jose De Leon tied. Uh, he struck out. Ten against the Netherlands in two thousand nine. So that was so he was right on the precipice of that big twenty ten season, and he did it in four innings. Wow. Ten in four innings, Waldo. That's crazy. The man. That's absolutely crazy. Yeah, he uh, he he's the man, um, and uh, we have to go see if we can get him in the bar Friday. Friday, we're we're hoping to get someone from the two thousand seven. World Series. We'll, we'll oh, get it confirmed cool. tomorrow's show uh, if they're going to be here at the oh. DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax, New York. A spot where diehards, you get 15% off your entire tab. Food, drink, you name it. 15% off, you get 20% off all the gear and merch uh, that we've got at DNVRlocker.com. If we're selling anything here, it's absolutely free. Also, again, you're the first to know about it uh, in our diehards-only Discord. We had a cool event yesterday uh, during the World Baseball Classic when that was on with the uh, the uh, the American Raptors, uh, wonderful rugby team here in Colorado, gave away 50 Raptors beanies. Uh, it's pretty cool that we had that going on. You also get 20% off all the takeovers, party bus, April 29th, mark your calendar, Diamondbacks, Rockies. It's going to be exciting Saturday night at the ballpark. Come hang out here. Bus will take you over to the ballpark. Uh, You even get a little uh, voucher that you can spend on food or drink there. You can get a free shirt that we've got, brand new shirt exclusive to those folks over at The Takeover. And again, because you're a diehard and that's where you get your ticket, at dnvrlocker.com, you're going to get 20% off on that. Uh, you're also going to get a free two-day trial if you go to rotowire.com slash dnvr and take a look at all of their stuff behind the paywall. Whether you're playing fantasy baseball or you just want to get ready for the baseball season, they've got so many amazing tools, prospects, starting rotation, I'll let you know who's going in what role in the bullpen. Who's got a closers role and how safe is that role in the bullpen? You might look and say, hey, Daniel Barter, should you be a little bit concerned about his performance in the World Baseball Classic? Rotowire is going to let you know about all 30 teams. They've got an ask the expert function, premium fantasy draft kits, custom start, sit, add, drop, you name it. It's unbelievable service. And again, it's a two-day trial. You don't even have to use a credit card to access that. So no, no shenanigans of getting charged on day three for all those services. Nope, two-day free trial for all of our listeners. Just head to rotowire.com slash dnvr. And also, Kevin, I I wanted to ask you a question here. Um, Don't be upset, but I need to know, are you swinging late on your fastball from your significant (laughs) other and failing to make hard contact? You know, don't answer that. It's okay. Because fear not, because the ultimate manager of the year is... Roman Not but black, but Roman. Oh, wow, that's right. Roman is the digital health clinic for men addressing a variety of those sensual health needs and offering genuine medication that helps achieve and maintain. That's it, because the baseball season, just like your love life, is a marathon. I mean, hopefully your love life isn't a marathon, but it also shouldn't be a sprint. Uh, Roman offers a personal health experience on their website ro.co slash dnvr, complete the questionnaire, get diagnosed by licensed physicians, receive free delivery with discreet packaging, ongoing care, so much more than that. To learn more about how you can achieve your personal sexual health goals, go to ro.co slash dnvr to get 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash dnvr. All right. Gives a new meaning to the term curveballs. All right. We've uh, Rockies news and notes. They did lose. Keep it together, Kevin. We're professionals here. Uh, Yes,
0: of course we are. Uh,
1: 14 to two loss. Jaden Hill in action. Looked solid against the big leaguers there for San Diego. Two innings pitched, two hits, one run. One uh, run. It was earned. No walks. Strikeout. Love to see Jaden Hill. We saw it from Gabriel Hughes the night before. These young guys getting an opportunity to play in these games, getting a little taste of the big leagues against big leaguers. It's great to also see them have the success that they've been having.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think if you're a Rockies fan that these last two nights, that's been the two biggest takeaways have been what did Hughes bring? What did Hill bring? And the fact that Hill came back, you know, obviously came back from the injury. Uh, He's looking good. Uh, Hughes is living up to a lot of those, uh, you know, great things that we heard about him. Uh, Last two nights, forget the score, forget everything else. Just having those two things come out of it are impressive. Yeah, again,
1: that that's the future of the franchise. Yeah. You know, the result of any spring training game for any team is not important, even in that season. Uh, but for the future of the franchise, Jaden Hill, Gabriel Hughes, you know, really solid looking good. Peter Lambert, uh, not so much luck. No. Uh, we were actually talking before the show about, you know, some roster projections. We're gonna have something coming up on the website today, free for everybody at the DNVR.com, where you can get a feel for who's gonna be on that third baseline at Petco Park on opening day, March 30th. And Peter Lambert, until it happens, I'm not going to believe it, but Peter Lambert could have a case, possibly as uh, the long reliever for this team. If you want to get him on the major league roster, you still believe he's a starter, but you want to, you don't want to send him on the bus back down to Albuquerque. You say, you know what, let's do this in the big leagues. It wouldn't shock me, but until it happens, it's hard to kind of, I'm not going to say reinvent the wheel, but to, to make a suggestion like that when the Rockies don't typically make those kind of moves, and a lot of teams don't,
0: they don't. And, and I think that I think Connor Siebold is a little bit of the wild card here. You know, he he's, could be too. he's actually done decently in spring. New guy coming in, he's got a little bit of experience in the majors. You know, and and I'm real curious to see what Bud does with that long labor role for sure.
1: Yeah, Jake Bird uh, returned. Yep. uh, made his spring debut. <laughs> I was going back to look. And I'm like, okay, he hasn't pitched since, and I was like, oh no, that's. His, his oblique injury that he had was even before that, that first game. It was yeah. on February 20th, whatever it was. So it was good to see him kind of get back, have a good scoreless inning.
0: And I wonder if the Rockies see that as a positive. And never, an injury is never positive. Let me make that very sure, clear. Sure, sure. But the fact that Jake didn't go play for Team Israel, he was yep. there. You know, So how do they view that as far as his time now trying to get that bullpen roll? You know, obviously, you've got to take the injury into account. So these next few days are going to be real critical for him, I think.
1: Yeah, I I don't think it's uh, out of question. Uh, in fact, I, I think it even could be more on the probable side that we do see Jake Bird on, on the opening day roster. I think with what you saw Uh, of his usage from Bud Black yet last year, like just jumping right in a guy who wasn't even protected on the 40 man roster um, in in November of 2021 to being uh, uh, on the, on the squad and and being used for close to 40 innings and, uh, and in some big spots, like he earned Bud Black's trust. I think Jake Bird also 27 years old, a little bit older, knows his body well, um, better than than a younger guy like Gavin Hollowell might know yeah. uh, his body. Uh, he's also had some uh, injuries, uh, some some lower back stiffness, so he hasn't quite had the same innings. So you've got those two guys. I think I think I could see, you know, Buddy and, and the team saying, you know what, we can go ahead and, and put Jake Bird on that opening day roster, uh, even though he hasn't had the innings and build up, but protect him. It's almost right. like you know what you do with a with a Rule Five draft pick, and you say. All right, well, we're going to stick you in the back of the bullpen and just use you in very specific spots to set yep. you up for success, to get you those innings. I could see them doing that with Jake Bird and him having made the roster with right now uh, only one inning pitch with, with about a week left uh, in spring training.
0: Well, what do we always hear from Buddy? You're, we're going to need all of them whenever yeah. he talks about his bullpen. And, and Bud has become one of those guys that he figures out ways, like you said, to kind of categorize a guy over here get him out of the way a little bit, winner pick his spots, whatever needs to be done, whether he's struggling, whether he's coming back from injury, whatever it is. So I think that's very possible bird for sure.
1: Also in the game yesterday, uh, you saw Coco Montez with another double, Bretton Doyle, two hits, and RBI, his fifth stolen base. Uh, Coco's still on the in big league camp. I mean, these guys are both playing, they're, they're in the lineup, and you're like, but one guy's still considered in camp, the other guy's not. Uh, so Doyle did get reassigned to minor league camp. You know, didn't, didn't play much in A last year, but did look good during his time. We will un, unequivocally, undoubtedly, see him at some point uh, this year. Wouldn't even surprise me if he was even, you know, like late April or or May, if, if let's say Gritchick isn't back yeah. on that timetable and, and someone gets hurt or you just need a, a, a fresh set of legs and, and a fresh bat uh, for the lineup, that could happen. But Coco Montez uh, has been really impressive and is just, been one of those guys. Uh, he's he's Alan Trejo of 2023, just overlooked, maybe underappreciated, but is saying, hey, I'm here. Acknowledge my presence. I'm pretty good. I don't just make great smoothies. I'm also a really good ball player as well.
0: <laughs> and, and I think one thing about the, the Rockies at the start of the year, you're exactly right. Gritch's injury is going to set up so many dominoes. Wow. When he comes back, what does that mean for the rest of the roster? What does it mean for playing time? So whenever he comes back, I think that's when it's going to be really interesting to watch what this team does and how they handle that.
1: We talked about that on, on Monday a little bit when Gritchett comes back, there's only four players with minor league options and three of the four guys you you need bottom line. As far as position players go, you know, bird if he's on the roster, or Connor Seabold, those guys can obviously get option, but as far as the position players go, the only the odd man st- odd man out, right? The, la- the last man standing, uh, that you don't want to be the last man standing cuz uh, that makes you a target is Alan Trejo yep. and and everything that he's done with Team Mexico, uh, it was good to see him back in camp today down in uh, in Scottsdale at Salt River Fields back in action with the Rockies. Everything he's done in world baseball classic, he deserves Regular playing time, he deserves to not be forgotten about. He deserves to not go back and, uh, to Triple A. You've got an article that, that's up today yeah. that has a little bit to do with an option that allows you know the Rockies to have their cake and eat it too, and and Alan Trejo to, to have that cake and to eat that cake too, perhaps.
0: Perhaps you know if you look at what has happened with Atlanta at shortstop the last couple of days, sure. uh, Vaughn Grissom uh, will not get the starting assignment. Uh, you know they're going to hand it over to Arcia, who has decent numbers. But I'll tell you, if you look at their backup behind that, it falls off completely. So one of the things that I wrote this morning for Call of the Pen, as well as fan-sided, was that perhaps Alan Trejo could be a trade candidate, especially coming off the WBC and how hot he was there. Could Atlanta make a move similar to the way that Sam Hilliard was dealt in a one-for-one deal in November to the Braves? You get some minor league pitching back for Alan Trejo. It opens up a roster spot. It gives Trejo a chance to pitch. Plus, it could net the Rocks some depth in the minor leagues as far as an arm goes. So I think that it's a move that makes sense. I also know how much the Rockies value Trejo. So I don't know that it would ever happen, but I think it would be something that would at least give Trejo a chance while Grissom is down and, and Shoemaker down in the minor leagues to prove, yeah, I can be a major league shortstop and make a difference on, on a team that is very likely headed to the postseason.
1: The Rockies, I think very much worry about public perception uh, I think that's one of the reasons why they they signed Jerks and Profar yeah. because with so many of their notable names you know, on the IL and, and starting the season injured or or out for the year, they're worried about 100 losses. They're worried about not having enough of those guys there. Trading Alan Trejo before the season starts, you go, oh, that's not good for your image. But at the same time, it, it's not a major deal. It, and again, no. I think that's not something that would make people – you know, irate. it'll make some irate, right? You yeah. go, hey man, this guy was really good. You know, he he deserves an opportunity. Um, but the Rockies have have kind of shown like there th- there's only so many spots. You know if McMahon's playing second base, you go, uh, oh, that would be a, a good spot for Alan Trejo, or maybe Trejo can slide over to third base, but Montero's there. Um and, and again, two 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 guys that you're you're tied to for the next five seasons or so. So there there really aren't many options no. for Alan Trejo to begin with.
0: No, there really aren't. And if you look you know, you mentioned Montez. There is some depth at middle infield. you got Harold Castro as well, who could conceivably contribute there as well. There's some options uh, that the Rockies already have if they wanted to explore some kind of trade like this. And again, you sent Sam Hilliard away. You know, obviously he needed a change of scenery. And yeah. and it sounds like he's in the role for that, four, or the line for that fourth outfielder spot in Atlanta. Yeah. So good for him. That's fantastic. But he needed somewhere to prove that he's, he had the talents. And I think after the WBC... This is the hot time to do that if you're going to do it with Trey Hill.
1: Kevin, I don't know how your golf swing is, but do you find yourself in the rough? And I don't, We're not going there. <laughs> uh, we're talking about pins and aces. This is a this is an okay one. This is a PG thing. You don't sure. have to have the kids leave the room. <laughs> no, pins and aces, the official golf uh, company of DNVR. It's a Colorado company, family-owned business. Uh, we love what they're able to do. Uh, We've partnered with them, so now if you use code DNVR, even if you're not a diehard, even if you just enjoy the podcast uh, or or watch us on the DNVR Sports channel on YouTube, you can use code DNVR, and you're going to get 15% off your first order. You're going to get free shipping at Pins and Aces. Uh, They've got some Rocky-style merchandise. They've, They've got all the different colorways of the teams in town. It looks amazing. They've got a really cool beer sleeve as well where it looks like it's like a club, but really you've got six or seven cans of of Breck Brew in there, maybe you've got some of their hard seltzer, whatever it may be, it'll keep it cool until you get to the 19th hole. It's uh, it's very innovative. They've got bags, uh, they've got hats, polos, you name it, it's amazing. It's pins and aces. And again, use promo code DNVR for 15% off your first order and that comes with free shipping. Speaking of Breck Brew, they've got the ultimate Game day giveaway. They've already done it uh, for an Avs game. And we are in the final week here. Uh, Not not too many more opportunities for you to head over to thednvr.com slash Breck Sweeps. Final week for this. Uh, It's an amazing experience that some of you uh, are going to be able to uh, get to enjoy over at Ball Arena. Nuggets, Pelicans, we're talking VIP tickets, Lexus Club access, parking. Kev, I mean, you're of a certain age, too, like myself, where... That parking Parking is clutch to any event.
0: Absolutely it is.
1: Any event, it's amazing. And of course, you're going to get some free DNVR merch. So your courtside fit's going to look amazing because you're going to be sitting row two. Seriously, this is a giveaway. This is free. You don't even have to be subscribed. You don't have to be following us on Twitter. We hope that you do. Hope you throw us that follow. Uh, You smash that like button wherever uh, you're at right now, especially if it's on YouTube. But it's thednvr.com slash sweeps. Uh, And you get tickets to that game on March 30th. It is coming up here in a very short amount of time. Uh, In the comments, Logan saying, "Storybook, yeah. Again, you read this in a story. Otani, Trout, Japan, USA—the two best teams. That's what I—that's how I had it matched up. Again, Dominican Republic is amazing. That wouldn't surprise me if he was there. They were there, but I did have Japan, USA for us to have gotten the two best players in all of the baseball world. You're right." storybook, yeah. Ethan, you couldn't write a better ending to the game. Uh, I mean, you could, I mean, maybe there was a guy on, you know, first base no, that I had tweeted that. I thought that was clever. All right. You had a guy on first base with one out trout at the plate. Notani. Is it a game ending double play or is it the go ahead uh, home run, run from trout? Yep. The go ahead home run for trout would have been better for us, but you know what? Japan, you got that one. So, um, that's amazing. Design love saying, yeah, WBC in the middle of the season, that definitely could work for weather, and you could have it in some, some really interesting locations. Imagine having Japan versus, say, Great Britain at the Field of Dreams site. Absolutely. Going, what, what is this? This is Iowa? Well, first off, I don't know what that <laughs> means. Just what country am I in? Oh, you're, I'm in America? Great. like It would be interesting to know. I don't know. Do they have the same reverence for Field of Dreams in, in other countries? That's a great if question. If they're baseball fans, I would think to a certain degree, yeah.
0: I would think so. And maybe we'll find out what that Cubs Cardinal series is coming over to London this uh, this summer. You know, they'll be back and I hear that Commissioner Manfred wants to make sure that there's a lot of international games coming up. So I would I would bet there's a love for baseball. There's probably a love for baseball movies as well. Just that, to guess.
1: That Lars Newt bar, his passport bars. is
0: just loaded. They're not booing. They're saying nude. Yeah. Yeah. Do
1: they do, does he have clear ID? I'm thinking he does at this point, <laughs> perhaps. Player previews, let's do it. Ezekiel Tovar is the name. He has the potential to win the National League Rookie of the Year Award this year. He's got potential to be a Gold Glove nominee. We know it's hard to actually win the award in your first year, but could be a potential nominee. 21 years old, there's a lot to say about Ezekiel Tovar and his potential, not just in the future with this organization, but just in 2023 right here for the Rockies.
0: And I think, you know, at spring training, we asked Bud Black a lot about Tovar, about this young group coming in. And one thing he said about Tovar, it was he's not variable, he's steady. There's consistency to the human being, and that's comforting to us. And I think that right there, you know, let's be honest, Bud loves his veterans. Yeah. So he doesn't really praise the young guys over the top too much. You get the feeling with Tovar. That he sees a guy who is beyond his years on the on the die or at least you know on his driver's license, and so I think that that's very comforting for Bud, knowing if I'm going to put him out there at opening day shortstop, I'm not going to have to worry about what's coming next. And of course, they got a little taste of that last year.
1: I think the thing that makes a veteran a veteran is the consistency, yeah. is the lack of variability. And as you just stated there, uh, from Bud Black's quote about Tovar. You you don't have to worry about that variability. He's steady Eddie. He yeah. he's he, he's he's consistent, and so he's got the veteran qualities. He's going to start on opening day, uh, and as as you pointed out to me, it will make him the youngest opening day starter at any position yeah. in Rockies history. Twenty one years old. Uh, last year he was uh, I want to say the the second or third youngest player. Uh, youngest position player to ever, you know, debut for the Colorado Rockies last year, yep. uh, when he finally got the call up. So uh, it, it, he's the third in the lineage now. Tulo, Trevor, Trevor, Tovar.
0: And let's remember when Tulo made his debut, and we asked the great Rockies PR team about this, and yeah. here's what they said: Tulo was 22 years old, 174 days. Trevor Story, 23 years old, and 141 days. So the Rockies have done youth at shortstop before, and it's turned out pretty well. And so they they really believe that Tovar coming in at 21 could absolutely follow in those two footsteps.
1: And we got a glimpse of it last year, even before he made his debut in September, uh, was the 2022 Abby Greer Award winner for spring training MVP. Uh, we'll we'll see if Zach Veen maybe follows in that path. And and Veen's the guy that we're sitting here uh, uh, talking about uh, as as a potential rookie of the year candidate, if it's not this year. But, you know, we saw it in, in spring last year at only 20 years old, facing guys 5, 10, in some cases 15 years older than him, uh, batted 550 two doubles, three home runs, again, looking like a veteran, looking uh, much older than his driver's license.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, you look at Tovar, he's already a guy who, let's just say he's overcome a hardship as well. You know, that groin injury last year really took him out of the running for the Futures game. It kept him from really advancing as quickly, I think, as some of us were looking for, you know. and But whenever he came back at A in those 21 at-bats, after being, you know, sitting out for so long – 333, 391, 476. And so that showed right there that not only can he overcome the adversity, but he can also make sure that he's still performing at a high level whenever he comes back.
1: Yeah, and and it shows that if you perform at A, yeah, it's not AAA, but it's pretty darn close. You know, we saw Hollowell, and we saw Noah Davis uh, make those, those debuts uh, last year directly from Double A from from Hartford, and and we saw Jake Bird, a guy who, yeah, of course he was in Triple A, but he was, he was consistent. He was that veteran type despite being a rookie, and so, Bud said, yeah, he he's he's showing me consistency. He's showing me that veteran quality. So we're gonna lean on him. So they're gonna do that uh, with Tovar, but Tovar's numbers with the Yargoats were amazing, and and uh, you know they haven't done the All Star game in the minors uh, in, a, in a couple years now, but he was hitting 318, 13 homers. Uh, 47 RBI in a lead that league that's kind of a leans more towards pitcher friendly yeah. than than hitter friendly. That, that, that's a tough league uh, with a lot of those prospects that are in there as far as pitchers are concerned. So he was already flashing that, and as you said, that groin injury just really delayed his debut. It could have yeah. been a lot sooner.
0: And you know, whenever you think about a veteran, one of the qualities you always think about with that is leadership. And one thing that I found really interesting, I was talking to Warren Schaefer, who's going to be taking over the infielders, you know, kind of that Stu Cole role this year. Uh, but Warren Schaefer said, I want him, Tovar, to be the general out there in the infield. And that's something we're working on. When you play with people like Mac and Rogers and CJ who are really invested in winning, it makes it that much easier for him. But they're wanting him to be kind of that, that captain of the infield the shortstop is already seen as. So a 21-year-old, yeah, we want you to, to do everything you're supposed to do, but we also want you to be over these veteran guys, too, and kind of be their leader. And so I think it'll be real interesting to see how quickly that he embraces that this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a an that's a interesting story to to keep our eye on yep. uh, for 2023. Uh, he did make his debut last year in September to much fanfare and uh, did it in a, a historic way. Two pitches, two base hits. Like, unbelievable believable wasn't it wasn't it Dylan Cease an American League pitcher is the last guy who ever did that since uh (laughs) they they kept track of 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 pitches so uh that was amazing for him to get that in a big moment there when everyone's clearly looking at him doing that and then going to Dodger Stadium yeah on that final road trip oh yeah just hitting a home run off of future Hall of Famer Clayton Kershaw
0: and and how cool was it because of course that's where the futures game was how cool was it that he actually went in there and actually showed what he could have done at the futures game? Uh, but it was in the regular season.
1: Good connection on that, yeah. There you go. So let's make uh, some predictions here. Do, do we think twenty home runs for Tovar? Um, you know, before this last year, you know, didn't have that kind of pop. But as we know, as guys get older and their their man strength will grow into it. Uh, I also see Tovar as as you know, kind of having that Francisco Lindor frame. Yes, and he's a guy who hits thirty home runs, you know, consistently. So. Uh, I think that's probably too much to put on him right now. Uh, But 20 home runs, I I could see it this year for him.
0: Absolutely. I could see that too. And I could see a lot more of the rookie of the year consideration coming from what he does on both sides because we know the gloves are already there. So I really think that the glove's going to get a lot more attention this year than what he does at the bat. But there's so much to unlock with the bat moving forward in his career.
1: I'm going to take the... Non bold move and just say he'll be a top three candidate in the NL. I think he'll be he'll be a
0: finalist. Absolutely.
1: Will by the by the end of the season, will we see him batting towards the top of the lineup?
0: I think so. I I think so because I think you're also going to and here's another bold thing. I think you're going to see the Rockies actually make some moves at the trade deadline this year. You know if they're in that position. And so I think as that happens, Tovar gets moved up a little bit as well. I could absolutely see it.
1: Yeah. And I, and I could also see with Tovar, um, you know, hitting the cover off the ball, if that's the way it ends up going and getting in a groove saying, well, who cares about the veterans that we've got at the top of the lineup? Let's make room for this kid. And, and someone's going to, someone who's batting second or, or what have you, you're going to slide down to fifth or sixth. And everyone bumps down because you don't want to impede that growth. And there's no. going to be uh, a lot of growth, uh, maybe some growing pains. But again, this is a special talent, Ezekiel Tovar in 2023. I'm excited.
0: And I think Rockies fans will take those growing pains, knowing that this is the guy who's going to be there for a while. This is going to be one of the cornerstones of the franchise moving forward. And so this year, those growing pains, if they happen, uh, I think Rockies fans will be okay with it.
1: Bullpen. Let's jump into the bullpen right now. They're, they're sneaky good. Yeah, I, I, They've got a lot of veteran veteran presences, uh, if you will, uh, in the bullpen, uh, not really sure where to start because you go Daniel Bard, one of the best seasons for a Rockies reliever in history. Uh, if you crunch the numbers, Rex brothers was like really dominant for a period of time, but across the board, Daniel Bard just dominated and you add three really good relievers in Brad hand, Brent Suter, Pierce Johnson and, you know, you've got Justin Lawrence coming back. You've got Denelson-Lamette, which was a great pickup yeah. midseason last year. And you say, you know what? The bullpen, that might be one of the strengths of this team in 2023.
0: Well, and the interesting thing is if you – if Again, if Ty Block is part of that bullpen, you've got a lot of pitchers in there who are veteran guys who yep. are in their thirties. You know, and and it wasn't that long ago that we had the young kids coming in. You know, for the Rockies bullpen, that's not going to be the way this year. I mean, if it falls out as it could projected wise, Connor Seabold could be the youngest of all their relievers, and and again, a guy who's already got major league experience. So I think that uh, Johnson. Uh, I think that that's going to be a real uh, interesting pickup, and I think one that's going to be looked back on as one that went under the radar quite a bit too.
1: And and we're talking about multiple lefties here, yeah. In this bullpen, which you thought might have might become an impossibility uh, once Lucas Gilbreth, uh, you know, went on the shelf, which was disappointing to see. Uh, Riley Pint, we don't know what we're gonna get yep. from him. Maybe later in the year, but just right now, where it starts on opening day, really solid. where you know Daniel Bard's closing out games. Uh, I think he's what sixth in all of MLB in saves since 2020, since since he came back. So he's really established himself as one of the top closers in the game, obviously, you know, there, there's been some concern. I don't have any, I understand the conversation around uh, Bart's performance yeah. in the world baseball classic. Um, but we saw that a little bit in 2021, where he had those, those some, you know, erratic moments where you go, all right, this guy is, you know, a, a good closer, maybe not a great one. And then he rebounded to have his 2022. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not beyond the pale to, to think that, uh, Bart isn't going to have another one of those dominant seasons, even at age 37 for the Rockies this year.
0: Absolutely. I think that that was the world baseball classic. I think you're going to charge it up to adrenaline. You're going to chalk it up to a lot of different things, but I think that that was a very isolated incident. I don't see that being something that you worry about as the season goes along.
1: Danelson Lamette uh, is a guy that doesn't have closer experience, but I very much could see him filling into that closer role before that Dodger series where um, he he got hit around a little bit right at the end of the season. uh, He was pretty dominant. Um, He had a three ERA on the nose and in his 18 innings, uh, first 18 innings with the Rockies, 25 strikeouts. And he was kind of working through some injury things. That was something that, you know, Buddy said a lot when they had first acquired him like, ah, you know what, maybe we'll stretch him back out to be a starter. We'll figure it out. Uh, but they've got him this year at like five million dollars. Was uh, the deal they agreed to in his final year before free agency? Denelson lamette is is something. Is something to behold. I think you really have two high end, high leverage receivers in the Rockies bullpen to, to to hold on and secure some of those close ball
0: games. I agree, and you know, and and one thing you and I both heard last year in the locker room was how much that Carlos Estevez and and uh, Bard. Got to be that great 8-9 and really got confident in each other. So who's going to be that guy that Bard is confident in this year? And I think it's going to be Pierce, and I think it's Lamette is another option as well. So I think Johnson or Lamette, either one of those guys, could be a really strong 8th inning guy to hand it over to Bard or fill in if Bard's not available that night.
1: Pierce Johnson, another... Colorado kid coming over also on a one year deal. I think he's got to, um, you know, improve some of his value. He had, had a five ERA last year also was hurt a little bit. You know, that's, that's been unfortunate part of his story. Uh, But he, he had success with San Diego before 2022 Um, is a good guy for the clubhouse, you know, real good personality, which is nice to see. But again, he's a guy that you don't even need to rely on necessarily in the eighth because You've got Denelson Lamette potentially as one of those guys. You've got a guy like Brad Hand who has some closer experience uh, and was, you know, a sneaky good signing late yeah. in the in, in spring. Uh, we saw Will Smith kind of do a similar deal uh, as as a left-hander, but uh, Brad Hand three point six two career ERA, and we know lefties they've got longevity. He got five more years left on his career, uh, very easily. I would actually take that bet if we could do that on DraftKings Sportsbook uh, for those left-handers. Uh, and since 2016. Uh, since he's just been nothing but a reliever, was a starter a little bit in the beginning of his career with the Marlins, 2.89 ERA as a reliever. Like, that's a guy that you've got that you can use in the eighth inning, or maybe you, uh, you, you save him for some of those harder left-handed innings. But you also got Brent Suter who can do it against those right. as
0: well. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, it wasn't that long ago that the Rockies bullpen had zero left-handed options. I wow. mean, we remember days going, oh, it's all righties. You know, this year you not only have left-handed options, but you have solid veteran left-handed options as well, and so again, going back to what we said at the start of the show, this is really the strength of the team, I think, and I think Suter's going to be underrated. I think the hand signing, even though it was late, uh, it could absolutely pay off for the Rocks. Uh, you know, so how many? What will the setup look like? You know, Bud never likes to say this is my eighth inning guy, this is my seventh inning guy. He hates that, uh, but it will be interesting to see who kind of falls into that. I hand it over to roll.
1: Yeah, you think he hates talking about the opening day starter? Oh yeah, talking about hey, (laughs) who who's in the eighth? That could change again. You hope nobody gets injured uh, because once that does happen, you know the the depth in the minors for the bullpen you know uh not as strong still a year or two away a lot again young guys to be excited about gavin hollowell uh blair calvo amongst them maybe even steven jones uh but justin lawrence is the last guy that i want to talk about because he's he's the one name that that people are are going to see for multiple years even daniel bard you know his two-year extension only takes him through 2024 but justin lawrence is clearly that future closer of this team he's sort of Adam Ottavino 2.0, uh, and although Otto never really got the opportunity to be the full-time closer, Justin Lawrence may get that. And even if he doesn't, that's fine. If you want to save your your best reliever for the most important part of the game, that might not even be the ninth inning. But Justin Lawrence is really set to have a major, major breakout year in 2023.
0: And the funny thing is, it wasn't that long ago that we were all like, oh my God, Justin Lawrence is going to make his debut and pitching ninjas, showing all these pitches and everything else. Yes. And entering this season, it's kind of like, yeah, Justin's part of the part of the bullpen because Suter and Hand and Pierce and everybody else has kind of taken over in that new shiny penny uh, role. But I think Justin is so solid. And I think, again, Bud has faith in him uh, just from the past experience. And I think he's being overlooked right now Obviously, you know, played, play with w, Panama in the WBC. Sure, But I think that all that could pay off for a big season. I agree with that.
1: Yeah, I think it will. That was cool for him to close out that first ever win for Team Panama in the World Baseball Classic. You know, if you look at his numbers from last year, you say, oh, 5.70 uh, ERA with the Rockies. That doesn't tell the whole story. In AAA in the Pacific Coast League, which is uh, an even harder league to have a respectable earned run average, it was just a little over three. Yeah. You also got to forget that he was shuttled back and forth, I-25 oh, yeah. there, uh, to Albuquerque five times. Actually started the year in AAA, yet he was on the opening day roster because Lucas Gilbreth and Robert Stevenson had the, the COVID IL business, and so he was, was all over the place. Hard to get that consistency. Should not have that issue this year, and so we are going to see him shine in a major way. The bullpen uh, is, is a strength, and so uh, it might not be exciting. But uh, it 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 will create for a lack of excitement late in games when the Rockies are winning, and that's when you don't want
0: right. a lack of excitement. Amen to that.
1: All right, well, Kev, uh, go ahead and plug away. Anything else uh, where folks can find you on Twitter and uh,
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, at Call of the Pen, uh, at KGH23 is my personal one as well. Love it. Uh, And one thing that we are doing a lot of uh, overarching things right now on Call of the Pen, as well as Fansided.com's MLB site, you know. Who are who are going to be your top base stealers? You know, looking at, at, at a lot of big things this year because we know that's going to be a real interesting one this year is to see exactly how many bags are swiped this year and yeah. who's going to be that leader. Tovargo twenty twenty? It's possible. It I mean, is possible. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about his power, but I'm telling you, the speed could be the thing that everybody goes, oh, you know, this year too.
1: Yep, doing things like Bobby Witt Jr. And, doing yep. some things like Michael Harris the third. Uh, could be the thing uh, at DNVR underscore Rockies at Patrick D. Lyons is where I'm at on Twitter. Uh, and this has been wonderful, Kevin. But unfortunately, uh, you know what they say about a good, good podcast show and the momentum that you build on that show. It's basically that your momentum is only as good as your <laughs> next day show. So we'll be back tomorrow with Kenneth Weber at 11 a.m. on the DNVR Sports Channel on YouTube.